I've been looking for the right words and the right phrase all day, but the only thing that I can come up with is that the Democrat Party is just plain stupid. They really well and truly are. Why are we being dragged through this impeachment trial when we know what the verdict is going to be? We have so much news to get into. We don't have time to spend it on impeachment trials, but we got to go through it because it's news now, thanks to the Democrat Party. We went through the entire transcript from Donald Trump on January 6th, peacefully, patriotically, make your voices heard, go and protest. There was never any incitement for violence at all. Nothing even came close to rising to the level of incitement. And now, as the FBI notes, and as we've seen through pipe bombs being planted the night before, this was all pre-planned. I shouldn't have to go through and tell you about David Schoen and Bruce Castor, who are going to represent the president, the former president of the United States. We shouldn't have to go through the country shouldn't have to go through this. But because of the Democrat Party, this is what we have to do. Think about it. Your tax-paying dollars are going towards funding this impeachment. When those impeachment managers walked the one article over from the House to the Senate, you were paying for that. We all were paying for this. We know what the verdict is. The president released this. Donald Trump released this on Sunday night. Notably, Schoen and uh, Castor, uh, Schoen has uh, already been working with Trump and other advisors to prepare for the upcoming trial. Both Schoen and Castor agree that this impeachment is unconstitutional. Well, that's easy to see because the impeachment is utilized to get the sitting president out of office. Donald Trump, despite what CNN wants you to believe or MSDNC, I mean, they can't go a minute without still talking about Donald Trump. There's proof of that with CNN's ratings, which we'll get to a little later on in the program. But um, on top of Schoen and Castor, who are going to represent Donald Trump, agreeing that the impeachment is unconstitutional, 45 Republican senators also believe that this impeachment trial is unconstitutional. So are you going to tell me that we're going to have 67 senators vote that Donald Trump is guilty of incitement of insurrection? No, it's not going to happen. The Democrats are living in this fantasy land. Yeah, they might get Romney and Toomey and Murkowski and Collins and Ben Sass, but again, they're like rhino Republicans who just caucus with the Republican Party. They don't want any part of the party anymore. They're part of this establishment wing of the Republican Party that has got to go. We've got to get these people away from the Senate because they're doing nothing. They're doing no good on behalf of any Republican all throughout Congress and all throughout the entire country. Liz Cheney is in that establishment as well, but that's another sort of foreshadowing piece that I'm getting ahead of myself on. As the program unfolds, we'll get into that. 
let me tell you about David Schoen. This is right from uh, 45office is the email uh, account that Donald Trump keeps sending. Email shown as a seasoned trial attorney, served as lead counsel in several high-profile cases, 95 American Bar Association, uh, honored with his work with its National Pro Bono Publico, uh, Publico Award, LL, you know, whatever. He's a, he's a qualified guy who thinks that this impeachment is unconstitutional. Castor, former district, by the way, full name, Bruce L. Castor Jr., is the former district attorney of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, serving in that role from 2000 to 2008. Later, twice elected commissioner Montgomery Country, assumed that office January 7th, 2008. So I don't even want to. I don't even want to spend time on it. I, again, there shouldn't. We shouldn't have to go through news about it. And by the way, the the news um, that you'd expect from it here's in the National Review. Trump team denies pre-riot speech had anything to do with Capitol violence and impeachment filing. Brittany Bernstein writes, attorneys for former President Donald Trump on Tuesday filed a response to the incitement of insurrection impeachment. Quote, it is denied that the phrase, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore, had anything to do with the action at the Capitol. It was clearly about the need to fight for election security in general. And by the way, Republicans now are starting to get tough on election security. And that is very good news. Uh, the attorneys further, further argued that impeachment requires that a person actually hold office. The response comes one week before Trump's second Senate impeachment trial is set to begin. The House passed a single article of impeachment against the former president, accusing him of inciting rioting at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, while Congress met to certify Joe Biden's presidential election victory. And by the way, I love uh, the piece yesterday in Red State by Mike Ford, where he's calling him iPotus, the illegitimate president of the United States. And by the way, Joe Biden, I, goodness me, you want to talk about the whole party just being stupid. And we're going to go through the administration because I am sick and tired of the mainstream media not vetting these people not going through the history of Jen Psaki, who's the White House press secretary, who just seems like every single day she's in over her head. I mean, you can't, you stop for, oh, hold on. Uh, um, uh, it's in here. Uh, oh, a lot about COVID. Uh, you know what? No, I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I'll have to circle back. You're the White House press secretary. How are you not prepared for questions and tough questions on top of that? Now there's an allegation that they're uh, soliciting questions from reporters beforehand. It's like, well, what is this? WikiLeaks all over again? Where the DNC and CNN were colluding to give Hillary Clinton questions that were going to be asked to them? I mean, this is all the Democrat Party. What has Joe Biden done in his, what, 40 two executive orders that he signed so far he's destroyed 11,000 high paying american jobs and by his own admission he's acting like a dictator quote uh you know i i got to get the i got to get the votes we got to we got to work together i believe we live in a democracy 
I just can't pass executive order after executive order because then I'll, I'll look like a dictator. Well, he doesn't seem to care about that. He just seems to care about destroying everything of the Trump agenda. Make America great again. You know who's happy today with the state of America? It's not the American people. It's China. It's Russia. It's Iran so far away. It's countries that hate the United States. They hate everything we stand for. So why are we appeasing them? Why is this an administration that wants to make other countries look better than us? Why does this administration want the United States to be dependent on those countries for oil? I mean, we've gone through this statistic before. 2016, when Barack Hussein Obama was the president, well, we were number third in the oil as far as producing it, as far as producing crude oil. We were making 8.84 million barrels of oil per day. Compare that to Russia, who was making 10.55 million, and then Saudi Arabia was making 10.46. Now, with Donald Trump making the United States energy independent, in 2019, the United States was creating 12.23 million barrels of oil per day. Incredible. Whereas Russia has been stagnant all throughout the uh, four years that we're talking about here. Saudi Arabia has gone down to 9.82 million barrels of oil. So why is it that this administration thinks that that is such a bad thing? You want your gas prices to go up? I want every single person who voted for Joe Biden, when gas starts going up and up and up, you remember that. You know, uh, I believe it's Sean Hannity who always points out, we get the government we deserve. You voted for this. You own it. You tell people, well, I sure am. You tell people who supported Donald Trump. 75 million legal Americans, by the way, who supported Donald Trump. You explain to us why gas is going up. Explain to us why we're dependent on other nations for simple things like oil when we have it here. Explain to those 11,000 Americans who had high paying jobs that are now gone because of Joe Biden, because he rolls over to the left, the far left socialist radical wing of that party. I've talked at length before about old Democrats and new Democrats. Well, the old Democrats to me seem like they're just hiding in their shell now. That, that they're appeasing the new radical socialist base. Do they think that that's going to bring popularity to their party? I would argue that it's not going to. That they look weak, they look like cowards, and they look absolutely feckless. Like they have no spine whatsoever. You think it's um, a coincidence that when Joe Biden, when we actually see the president, that he just sits down at a desk sits down in the Oval Office and just signs his order, then he goes on with his day. That's all he does. That's all he's there to do. It's like the you went to your mom and dad and they said, no, 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 we, we, we can't have this, nope. And then you go to your granddad, it says, oh, yeah, yeah, we can go through with this. That's what I believe is happening. Joe Biden is nothing more than a pen 
that signs these or orders and it's to me it's downright disgusting this is oh oh that's right i forgot he doesn't have the house oh he actually does oh wait a minute he doesn't have the senate oh that's right he actually does but again he himself said it you just keep passing executive orders you're a dictator that's what joe biden is but i don't even think he has the mental capacity to even think of himself as a dictator i think that he is so excited and happy that he became president of the united states and whether you say it's legitimate or not which by the way should still be debated as far as i'm concerned i don't think that i'm ever going to truly consider joe biden legitimate president of the united states now i tell you that because there are many court cases that got thrown out on standing because the because the judges didn't want to rule on it what did they think it would set a terrible precedent i mean even the supreme court folded under pressure and it, it listen it, 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 chief justice roberts he's no fan of donald trump but i think that clarence thomas Justice Thomas and Justice Alito had it right. Well, we're the Supreme Court and we have original jurisdiction. And I think that if the Supreme Court took up Texas v. Pennsylvania at all, that you would have seen like a domino effect. Other courts taken up, but they did it. And again, it was never the evidence of voter fraud was never truly looked at ever. How about compare that? 2016. Well, did the Democrats get their evidence of what they called collusion with Russia? We looked at that for three long years due to the Mueller investigation. And by the way, the House looked at it. The Senate looked at it. The FBI looked at it. Oh, that's right. There was never any Trump-Russia collusion because it was all made up. It was all manufactured because Hillary Rodham Clinton and the FBI knew about it, the CIA knew about it, the White House knew about it, was going to stir up a scandal to vilify Donald Trump so that that scandal could distract from her email. True, realistically happening, and did happen, email scandal. And you can't make this up. It's so disgusting what we've had to go through, what Donald Trump has had to go through and is still going through to this very day i mean the media have absolutely nothing when it comes to joe biden cnn msdnc still mention trump all throughout the day they can't stop they won't stop i jim acosta what does he say well now he's in exile oh really because your network can't stop mentioning him why don't you actually report on the news? And we go through it all the time. Society of Professional Journalists, the Code of Ethics, seek truth and report it. Do you see that anymore in the mainstream media? Because I sure don't. Minimize harm. Nope. Ethical journalism treats sources, subjects, colleagues, and members of the public as human beings deserving of respect. I don't see that anymore from our media. Act independently. The highest and primary obligation of ethical journalism is to serve the public. I don't see that anymore. Be accountable and transparent. You never see any of these ethical, of what the Society of Professional Journalists consider the code of ethics. You don't see it.
because they hate they hate with everything they have in their entire beings conservatives and conservative values you know it, it it's donald trump who took the mask off of these people and they don't hide it anymore they're not gonna report on the biden administration the way that they did the trump administration why would they they got their result they're as happy as can be they're gonna take the next four years off by the way 1447 days they're going to take that off now on top of this i was watching a speech from 2014 that former speaker of the house newt gingrich was giving it was saying that listen we as the republican party was saying this seven years ago we need to make this a fight about up versus down about the party of tomorrow versus the party of yesterday well republicans have better get to it because this democrat party is just downright stupid and they live in the past they still want racism to exist you think they're helping people and and say that racism uh it still exists does that really help people i mean have they helped minorities or do they just go to, to, and get their votes every four years we're gonna fix it those republicans are racist those republicans don't care about you really how they never have any examples of it whatsoever this is a democrat party that is the party of racism the party of slavery the party of the kkk i mean for goodness sake they had the 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 cle he was a cleagle in the kkk a recruiter for the kkk robert bird oh who uh did he mentor oh that's right you ain't black joe biden think about that if you don't know if you're for me or for trump then you ain't black what else do the democrats say how about andrew cuomo the governor of new york city and that's it last friday oh who cares if it was 30 percent or 28 percent yeah they died who cares they died they don't care if you live or die in this country why would they once you're once you're dead you end up voting for them anyway uh, it's truly there's one party that wants to move forward that is the party of tomorrow not the party of yesterday and that's the republican party and you know what the republican party better get it together and get it together quick there's no room in this new Republican Party for people like Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney or Ben Sass or Adam Kissinger. None whatsoever. Why is it so hard to get on board with the Trump agenda? Donald Trump just got the most, the highest amount of votes that a presidential candidate has ever gotten on the Republican ticket. You want me to believe Joe Biden got 80 million votes? Ain't gonna happen. That is never ever going to happen in this these next 1,447 days. Like I said, I enjoy <laughs> Mike Ford saying, "I POTUS, I POTUS Joe Biden, illegitimate president of the United States." But why can't you back that agenda? Ride that 75 million American wave into regaining the House next year regaining the senate next year 
And you know what? I can't believe that we still have to report on an impeachment trial that we know what the outcome and the result is going to be. I mean, I guess I guess that's the first step. That might be the very first step in regaining the House and the Senate. Voting to acquit Donald Trump and then moving forward. Just show, I mean, it shouldn't be hard. Show the American people how stupid the Democrat Party is. All right, let's get into some of the news of the day. Like I said, I want to totally expose this Biden administration. Adam Credo, Adam Credo, everyone want to say it, writes in the Washington Free Beacon today. State Department deputy spokeswoman has history of anti-cop rhetoric. Okay, is that supposed to bring unity? Some of the things she says, by the way, is downright awful and disgusting. The State Department spokeswoman who said the largest threat to U.S. national security are U.S. cops. Okay, this is a person that's supposed to be representing the United States. This is a high-profile position. I mean, a lot of people would die to get a position like this. And if they die, who cares, like Andrew Cuomo says. But this is a woman that says the largest threat to U.S. national security are U.S. cops. You got to be kidding me. And uh, she characterized those comments, by the way, from 2016 as a one-off. But Jelena Porter made similar comments about the police as recently as 2020. Listen to this. It gets better by Jelena Porter. Last June, she promoted a video directed at the LAPD that states SMD. By the way, if you don't know what SMD means, you can think of the, how do I put it? Sexual act that involves the first word being suck. It's radio. I'm not going to go any further into it. And then after that, she says, and choke on it. Okay, thoroughly disgusting, despicable. And this is who uh, is the best choice for State Department deputy spokeswoman, right? Porter, the State Department's number two, downplaying the uh, on Tuesday, her 2016, for it's reported by the Washington Free Beacon, says that she should have chosen words that were less passionate and spur of the moment. Last May, Porter retweeted a message that likened police brutality in the United States to gross human rights abuses overseas and condemned the foreign policy community for its failure to speak out. Crickets, she wrote in a response to a tweet claiming that white Americans involved in U.S. diplomacy are mighty quiet while our own country burns and our police commit the same atrocities we condemn overseas. Now, she says, comments I made five years ago on my personal Facebook account as a private citizen were in response to the uncomfortable and deeply painful truth of race-based violence in America that has continued ever since. The pain I expressed was real. Nevertheless, I should have chosen words that were less passionate, right? Here's the thing, though. You think that you can get away with that from five years ago? That can't happen anymore in the United States. And you know why? Because you have got to be canceled or the attempt to cancel you has got to be made. By the way, I don't make up those rules. That's the Democrat Party who makes up those rules. Now, 
in uh, the Senate today. They were voting to confirm. Listen to this now. Breaking news. NBC, supposed to be a trusted, credible source of news, writes, quote, Pete Buttigieg, Put, Pete Buttigieg, whatever you want to call him, Boot Edge Edge, I think that's how you say it, Boot Edge Edge. Anyway, Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana, right, who knows so much about transportation, confirmed as the Secretary of Transportation, period. Stop it there. That's it. Okay, we got it. But they couldn't do it. They had to just step in the mud, becoming the first openly gay member of a presidential cabinet. You idiots, you had to do it, right? You had to do it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Pete Buttigieg is the second openly gay member of a presidential cabinet because they keep forgetting about Rick Grinnell. All right, let me rephrase that. I don't think they keep forgetting, actually. They don't want to acknowledge that it was Donald Trump that put the first gay male in the um, in the Oval Office as part of the cabinet, right? So I love the response by Rick Grinnell. Congratulations to Pete Buttigieg on becoming the second openly gay member of a president's cabinet. Welcome to the club. Fantastic response. Very funny. But what makes Pete Buttigieg get to this point of Secretary of Transportation. Oh, in his own words, he used to play with trains as a kid. So this is a this is a dream come true, right? He's only there. Why is he there? What's the real reason? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because he's a male that sleeps with other males. He's a male that finds other males attractive. That's why Pete Buttigieg is in that position, because Biden's got to fill them all up. He's got, okay, geez, I didn't mean to make that joke. Now, hold on a minute here. It's because Biden's got to, you know, he's got to have a, 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 a black person in at some point, a gay person, a transgender person, you know, a, a Latino, a native, because that, again, that's how the Democrat Party looks at people. They put them into many different groups and make sure that they can polarize and divide and politicize absolutely everything that there is. Now, though, Jen Psaki, who is White House press secretary, she's facing a little bit of backlash. Now, this comes from Outspoken. Now, the um, uh, biography for Outspoken on the Twitter box is supporters of freedom and thought of thought and diversity of opinion. Now, they released an article today, a deeply homophobic tweet emerges from Press Secretary Saki. Oh, wait a minute. This, this, this can't be right. Hold it, 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 it. No way I can be reading this right. A homophobic tweet from a Democrat. Wait a minute. It's the Republicans who are homophobic. On Tuesday, Internet sleuths, sloths, whatever you want to say, People that really, let's be honest, don't have much time on their hands, go back through different tweets, uncovered a highly offensive tweet posted just six months ago by President Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki. The tweet appears to raise serious questions about how Democrats, particularly heterosexual liberals like Psaki, feel emboldened to demean harass 
and mock LGBTQABC conservatives, spe specifically, excuse me, for their sexuality, behavior they would never consider exhibiting toward other LGBTs. The tweet also raises concerns over the ethical question of publicly outing closeted people as LGBT, a shameful and demoralizing practice that has led to suicide and other tragic results. Now, on August 5th of last year, while South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham questioned former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates about the fraudulent Russia investigation, Saki wrote on the Twitter box, only in 2020 does Lady G, whoa, 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 easy there, cowgirl, Lady G, only does Lady G get to push a bunch of debunked conspiracy theories while questioning Sally Yates, uh, aka an American hero. Now, Outspoken's not happy about this. The online nickname Lady G emerged last year when a male sex worker and gay porn star named Sean Harding publicly accused Senator Graham, by the way, Senator Graham's Lady G. That's a little bit of, uh, sort of broke the, uh, the cliffhanger there for you, um, of, of uh, contracting his services. Rumors have long circulated in Washington about Lindsey Graham, along with a long-standing bachelor, being not so stealthily gay. So here's Jen Psaki, the tolerant left, referring to Lindsey Graham, who I guess outspoken believes is gay, calling him Lady G. Whoa, that sounds awfully homophobic to me. Now on top of that, uh, Tucker Carlson released this back in October of 2019, said that Jen Psaki's Biden's pick, remember Jen Psaki, Biden press secretary now, saying this quote, there have been a number of moments where, where even those of us who have affection for Vice President Biden think, what on earth is happening right now? That's interesting because now it's her boss. Anyway, now, on top of all that, you thought I was done with Circle Back? Jen uh, Psaki uh, 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 um, just getting started with Jen Psaki. This was reported in the Daily Mail today, first reported by the Daily Beast, and the Daily Beast is by no means a conservative publication. Headline in the Daily Mail, White House Press Office is asking reporters for questions in advance of Jen Psaki's briefing despite promising transparency to disgust of journalists. Ho, whoa, this is CNN leaking the questions to Hillary Clinton of the debates all over again. The Daily Beast writing, White House reporters, Biden team wanted our questions in advance. Now this is written by Maxwell Tani and, um, this was actually written yesterday, saying, quote, if you're a reporter with a tough question for the White House press secretary, Joe Biden's staff wouldn't mind knowing about it in advance. According to three sources with knowledge of the matter, as well as written communications reviewed by the Daily Beast, 
the new president's communication staff have already on occasion probed reporters to see what questions they plan on asking new White House press secretary Jen Psaki when called upon during the briefings. The request prompted concerns among the White House press corps, whose members, like many reporters, are sensitive to the perception that they are coordinating with political communication staffers. Now, I have to disagree with that because CNN and MSDNC, they don't care if it looks like they're, they use the same language as Democrats use. One reporter raised the issue during an informal White House Correspondents Association Zoom call last Friday, and according to multiple sources, leaders at the meeting advised print reporters to push back against requests by the White House press team to learn of questions in advance or simply not to respond to the Biden team's inquiries. Now, the Daily Beast, now, I'll tell you how they are. You just go to their Twitter box biography and you will see all these, let me count them up for you, two, four, six, eight, nine Democrats are in their, uh, well, excuse me, nine uh, African-American uh, Americans are the cover photo there. And let me tell you now, every single one is a Democrat. The likes of Raphael Warnock and LeBron James and Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris. There's only one Republican amongst those black Americans, and that's Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. So that should illustrate to you that the Daily Beast by no means is leaning conservative at all. They're very liberal. And if, if they're saying that, hey, they're asking for our question beforehand, well, it's not to help Republicans in any way. Now, Josh Wingrove, one of the uh, White House press, uh, one, members of the White House press pool, saying uh, today was asking Jen Psaki a question. He says, quote, I asked Jen Psaki if President Biden planned to keep the Space Force or its scope, and she declined to answer. Now, what she actually did was poke fun at Space Force, which, by the way, is an entire branch of the military. And she called it, quote, the plane of today. Now, this isn't the first time. This isn't an isolated incident of her saying that Space Force is the plane of today and like laughing and mocking it. She did it before. And then she, again, she does it today, the plane of today. And then when attempting to answer the question says, you know, I'll have to reach out to our Space Force point of contact. How do you not even know who your point of contact is for one of the military branches in this country this is how clueless she is other I, I i hope i truthfully hope other countries aren't watching the white house uh press briefings because if they are they are laughing at jen saki and in doing that laughing at our entire country now byron donalds who is a congressman from florida writes, the Space Force Department of Defense is a branch of the U.S. Armed Forces, not the butt of your joke. Jen Psaki, your joke is inappropriate, and you should circle back immediately with the more than 16,000 members of the Space Force with an apology from the White House. Of course, she won't do that. Now, she also said today, quote, we're trying to 
repair the damage and the horrific event uh, uh, actions of the prior administration by trying to do everything we can to reunite these kids with their families. Now, I, I, I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. We're still going through with this lie. And you know why they do this? Because they think that the media won't check them on it. And for the most part, they don't. Kids being put in cages did not happen in the Donald Trump administration. It was the Obama-Biden administration that did this. And Joe Biden running with the same lie. Quote, we're going to work to undo the moral and national shame of the previous administration that literally, not figuratively, ripped children from the arms of their families. Joe Biden should know better because it happened in his White House. He was the second most powerful person in the entire world. And he went through with this. Did you ever see him criticize Barack Hussein Obama once? Of course not, because you can't get out of line. You can't dare if you're a Democrat criticize Barack Hussein Obama. Good Lord. No, you can't do that. He's still the leader of their party. Now, on top of this, Anita Kumar, who works for McClatchy uh, uh, News Organization, was asking about Team Biden's initial China strategy. And she said, well, it's sort of like the strategy is to not talk to him at this uh, time because you're talking about speaking to allies and making other calls first. Saki just hit back quick. I don't appreciate putting words in my mouth. I'm like, everything about this woman, Jen Saki, is an embarrassment, furthering the, my initial point that this Democrat party is just plain stupid. It, it really is. Now, Republicans have to fight that. How do they do that? Well, Matt Gates, Florida congressman, saying, quote, the establishment wants to go back to the days of the of Romney, the Bushes, and the Cheneys. We're not going back. Matt Gates is strong. Matt Gates is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Republican Party, as he should be, too, because he's on TV, he's on radio, he fights for the American people. He's an in-your-face, I-believe-what-I-believe, you're wrong, Republican congressman. Conservative Republican, by the way. I'm a big fan of Matt Gates. And now, easy enough, here's the perfect example of it. Mitt Romney, quote, in The Hill, the GOP should have nothing to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a freshman congresswoman from Georgia who the GOP, they oh, they can't stand. She's tough. She talks tough. She supported Donald Trump. She fought tooth and nail for Donald Trump, still does to this very day. Even wears Trump masks around Capitol Hill. Fantastic. That's the future of the Republican Party. Not just uh, uh, Congresswoman Green on her own, but fighting, showing you're the party of tomorrow, of the future, like Newt Gingrich illustrates not the party of the past like the Democrat Party. Romney saying, quote, I think we should have nothing to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene. We should repudiate the things she said and move away 
from her, right? They keep connecting her with QAnon and all this different stuff and you, you, whatever. You know, I don't, have, I don't have any concern or care about any of that. I care about what she's doing now because now she's a congresswoman. Listen, anyone can say anything on the internet, but once you're in the public uh, uh, battlefield, I guess, the public landscape, the public eye, then I care about what you're saying. Uh, Mitt Romney on uh, top of that, you know, um, uh, was saying that Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, expected to talk with Green. Uh, Green and uh, the public focus on McCarthy's response is growing after Senate GOP Leader McConnell issued a blistering statement on Monday condemning Green and warning that her embrace of conspiracy theories is a cancer to both the Republican Party and the country. Here's Romney's quote saying it's uh, important that we separate ourselves from the people in the wacky weeds. Uh, I love Donald Trump Jr.'s response. Most in the GOP feel that same exact way about Mitt. Now, on top of that, Liz Cheney, another establishment Republican. Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, by the way, how, how can anyone have any trust in this guy at all? I mean, geez, all my flip-flops more than Fauci does. Graham on Liz Cheney. I think she's a valuable member of the Republican Party. On national security issues, she's one of the smartest people I've ever known. Um, and uh, he says she's a strong, more reliable, conservative voice in the party, fiscal and social conservative. No one works harder to ensure that our military is well prepared. Okay, so you say, right? But now in Politico, this was last week in Politico, Trump poll shows impeachment backlash hitting Cheney. Uh, Alex, I sense that. I don't even know if the name is important. Like I said, you know, since I began this program, these last names on these news reporters just absolutely destroy me. Donald Trump's political operation has commissioned a poll on Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney. Now, by the way, Wyoming overwhelmingly voted for Trump. So you see how they're trying to make it as though this is Donald Trump's poll. Well, Wyoming likes Trump. Wyoming's one of the reddest states in the country. So a Trump poll indicates how the people of Wyoming are feeling. According to the memo outlining the results, 73% of Republican voters and 62% of all voters in Wyoming expressed an unfavorable view of the three-term congresswoman. Just 10% of Republican primary voters and 13% of general election voters said they would vote to re-elect her. The survey of 500 likely voters, which was conducted between the January 25th and the 26th by Trump pollster John McLaughlin, also represents Cheney as profoundly weak in a Republican primary. Liz Cheney's decision to vote to impeach President Trump makes her extremely vulnerable writes John McLaughlin. Now these are this is the anti this is the anti-Trump establishment DC wing of the Republican Party. It's interesting by the way, Mitch McConnell has got to pick a side. You either go with the MAGA Trump movement, which to me it looks like there's no indication that he's going to do that, or you stay back, Mitch. You stay back with these anti-Trump establishment GOP people. 
Uh, now, I'll tell you what, something else that's very anti-Trump, fake news CNN. Let me give you the ratings for CNN. How about this? Washington Times reporting. CNN's ratings free fall in Biden's first week. The network's primetime shows dropped 44%. Analysis by Variety of two key metrics raises ratings red flags for network bosses. Viewership data across two key metrics, the target news demographic for people ages 25 to 54 and the total audience watching shows that CNN ended the final week of January with ratings dropping roughly 44% for total audience versus the prior week across all three hours of prime time. CNN's Cuomo prime time brother Fredo Cuomo of Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York City. Who cares if they died? Andrew Cuomo. The metrics for his show with viewers 25 to 54 fell by more than half, 1.38 million to 0.45 in the key demographic. This development appears to lend credence, credence, whatever you want to say, I'm sure it's credence, to predictions by journalist Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly said, quote, they need him. As long as he stays somewhat active, talking about Trump, corporate media will have a little bit more of a lifespan, but their ratings are going to go down. Now, Megyn Kelly predicted this in November. I have very little doubt. Without Trump in office, every day there's no way, especially CNN and MSDNC, sustain the numbers they are getting. CNN representative declined to comment on the story. Now, talk about anti-Trump people. This is a man that is not anti-Trump and someone that we need to lean on into next year's midterms, that being Josh Hawley. Now, I always say we cannot unify with these people. We can't. We are on defense. We have got to stop the Biden agenda. It's destroying the country. We go If we go with it, partner with them, conform, which is the actual unity that they're referring that Biden refers to, then we lose the country. Now, Josh Hawley, this is in the Washington Examiner, the only senator, by the way, senator from Missouri, Hawley, only senator to vote against all Biden nominees so far. Even um, Lloyd Austin, who is uh, now confirmed as defense secretary, Austin had the largest approval from the Senate confirming uh, being confirmed, excuse me, by 93 to 2. Even in that vote, Hawley was one of the senators that voted against it. This is a senator that we need and a senator that we can trust. Hawley should be the minority leader, not McConnell. McConnell's got to make his choice. He's, he's indifferent. Hawley is advancing the MAGA agenda, America First agenda. What I would say to Hawley, don't back down. Don't ever give in. So far, he's, he's being a perfect example of that. What I keep urging conservatives to do. Now, uh, sticking with the Senate here, Montana Democratic Senator John Tester. Looks like there's a little bit of cracks forming in the Democrat Party. Uh, he was on CNN Newsroom and said that he's a supporter of the Keystone XL pipeline. Quote, look, I've been a supporter of it, and there has been two caveats and they have been basic caveats. You do, you do it to the safest standards and you respect 
private property rights. I think the Keystone Pipeline folks could have done a better job getting the Fort Peck tribe on board, and they need to continue working to do that. But in the end, I think it's a good project. He says, I'll tell you, in my real life, I'm a farmer, and we are not where we need to be in this country for replacing diesel fuel with something else in a tractor, for example, or in a semi that's going down the road. We'll get there, but it is going to take some good policies from Washington, D.C. Um, you got Rick Perry, uh, was the former energy secretary, saying, for God's sake, man, talking about John Kerry and his private jet. He was on Fox News with Neil Cavuto. Remember Neil Cavuto flipping out? Oh, my God, the president's taking hydroxychloroquine. He's going to die. Oh, my God, you could die. Don't take it. You're going to die. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Neil Cavuto. Uh, Rick Perry was saying, how do they transition to making building, putting on homes and businesses solar panels? How do they do that without some preparation, without going back essentially to the beginning, to zero? First off, he says, John Kerry, by the way, that was a question from Cavuto. First off, he says, John Kerry is a pretty poor spokesperson for the climate business when he hops on a private jet, and his private jet, by the way, and leaves a trail of emissions that is about 40 times more than what it would be if he flew first class on a United Airlines airplane going somewhere, American Airlines, one of our great airlines. Matter of fact, they probably need the work right now, so it just doesn't square good with me, says Rick Perry. Um, now, Republicans, so I want to transition out to voter integrity because we're seeing it in georgia republican senators this was yesterday in the atlantic journal constitution or yeah uh republican senators in georgia introduced bills on monday to end no excuse absentee voting excellent automatic voter registration and ballot drop boxes all those have to go i applaud every part of that now because that seems fair Raphael Warnock, new senator from Georgia, saying this is shameful. We need to swiftly pass the For the People Act to strengthen access to ballot and prevent voter suppression from silencing our voices. Now, that's H.R. 1, which would nationally mandate automated mailing out of ballots to registered voters for elections while prohibiting states from having photo ID requirements for ballot submission or signature verification of ballots. No photo ID, none whatsoever, so anyone and everyone can vote. That's the reason that the Democrats are in charge right now, because of illegal voting and voter fraud. Now, the Democrats, and by the way, again, the cracks that are forming in the Democrat Party, listen to this, progressive PAC seeks 2024 challengers for mansion and cinema again because they didn't go along with ending the legislative filibuster the, and by the way the co-founders of the progressive pack that helped launch alexandria ocasio cortez's winning 2018 campaign have their sights set on finding democratic candidates to run against moderate democrat senators Mansion of West Virginia, Cinema of Arizona. Remember where Kamala Harris and the Biden administration was doing interviews. West Virginia, 
Arizona. Uh, the this pack called the No Excuses Pack uh, said they've begun a search for candidates to take on Senate Democrats who are standing in the way of progressive actions to end the COVID pandemic and help the economy. Um, they said there's a quote here. Here it is. The only real way to pressure any of these folks and hold them accountable to their promises is to threaten their power and threaten the seat that they hold and threaten their re-election. All about threatening. That's the Democratic Party for you. They use fear. They use intimidation. They divide. They're just plain stupid. On top of that, now here's a, here's someone who's fantastic, along with Hawley, along with Gates. Very strong. Governor DeSantis, the best governor probably in the entire country of Florida, who is taking on big tech today. Quote, under our proposal, if a technology company deplatforms a candidate for elected office in Florida during an election, that company will face a daily fine of $100,000 until the candidate's access to the platform is restored. Um, this was part of the, he said, these platforms have played an increasingly decisive role in elections and have negatively impacted Americans who dissent from orthodoxies favored by the big tech cartel. Um, and uh, that's basically how you deal with that. He also got awfully uh, ticked off at the news reports and was using the example of the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post. Now it was suppressed and was saying, uh, he said a quote, by the way, don't don't whiz on my leg and tell me it's it's raining uh, or something like that. Awfully uh, good humor, though, from Governor Ron DeSantis. I mean, he gets compared to Governor Andrew Cuomo all the time. And for me, it's it's hands down. The comparison is easy. I mean, there's been no one who's handled the COVID pandemic better than the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. It makes sense why people are leaving New York State in droves to go down to Florida. You have a competent, capable governor down there in Florida and DeSantis, an incompetent, stupid, moron, who cares they died governor here in New York State. Just furthering the point. There's no nice, there's no easy, there's no simple way to say it other than this Democrat party is just plain stupid.